the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. Great to be with you today on this fine Tuesday afternoon. And I guess rain is on the way. Snow down to 1,000 feet or something like that. That's crazy. It's going to be cold anyway. Uh, probably good for all of us. Hey, if you were at the uh, Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile event last night, uh, thanks for coming to that. It was great to meet so many of you there. And I know I didn't get to meet some of you who I know were there, uh, but there were 1,100 people or so at the event. And uh, we thank you for that. And I've had a lot of thoughts about uh, that event. And uh, if you've got some you want to share, you can give me a call, 888-528-2557. But what I've been thinking a lot about in general and not just one event, but is the idea of revival. We're seeing this in a couple of ways, uh, or this word is being used, and I want to know what your thoughts are about revival too. The Asbury Revival, as it is being explained, um, is going on at uh, Asbury uh, University in Kentucky, and uh, I don't know if you follow this story or not, but in a worship service, I think uh, two weeks ago, uh, the service came to an end and people just kept on singing. And they kept on singing, I think, around the clock. And it's being called various things, revival or outpouring or, you know, lots of different uh, notions that uh, the people have about that. And about 50,000 people have flocked to this town, the small town in Kentucky, to participate. And... You know, so that's been going on, and they shut it down a little bit because it's overwhelmed the town. The town's only got a few thousand people in it, and all these people coming to town has caused a lot of problems. There's been some good things because I think from from it, at least in that it's causing us to think a lot about where we're going. The way that I ended the program last night, the Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile event, was to try to give a little bit of hope. You know, on the on on one side, you know, Prager University, Dennis Prager was one of our guests at this event. And uh Prager U, you've probably heard of it. It's a it's a political, conservative political website. Um they have over a billion views of their, their videos, but what's interesting is that the under thirty five crowd is a huge part of that. Um and that's I think very interesting. But for Another thing that's interesting, and I'll I'll give you a little bit more about this later, but you might be thinking that, hey, young people, they're not really interested in church. They're not really interested in Jesus. And we keep hearing all these dire statistics about how people are leaving the church and this and that. You know, what's true is that fewer and fewer Americans are claiming to be Christians. But a big part of that is that a lot of people who claimed that for many years really weren't Christians, right? They they grew up in the church and they said, oh, well, I'm a Baptist or I'm a Lutheran or I'm Presbyterian or whatever, because that's the church you went to. That's where your parents went. But you never really, you know, so many people never really thought much of it. Today, we live in a time where people don't feel pressured to claim anything about faith. 
They And so a lot of people are just saying, no, uh, I'm nothing. But when you dig down deeper, did you know that the number of young people who are going to church today who are devout Christian, meaning that uh, they really love the Lord, that their expression is a biblical worldview of, of faith is greater today than in the past 50 years? You don't hear that. I'll give you some of those stats in a minute. But I also want you to, to think about this because I want to know, do you think that revival is possible, true revival? And we can talk about what that is, true revival. There's a movie coming out this week called Jesus Revolution. I got to see it last week. Uh, Christy and I got to go to the premiere of it and get all dressed up and, and go to those things. And that was a lot of fun, you know, to do that. But we were very interested in seeing it. A few months ago, uh, there were some screenings. Maybe some of you got to see it. Uh, I didn't get to. I was, uh, I think it was being screened during the show somewhere. And it's hard to watch a movie while I do the show. And uh, so I was very curious and I'm very, very interested in your thoughts once this movie comes out and what you think about about it. And there are some emotional moments. Christy and I got emotional uh, at different places, maybe because of our, our time in, in ministry together um, and just different things that we've experienced. But also, I think, in the hope that something like that is possible to happen again. Kelsey Grammer plays Pastor Chuck Smith, who is the pastor of Calvary Chapel. And if you go to a Calvary Chapel, you know who he is. Maybe if you don't, you know who he is. He was on um, a talk show last week, and this after they showed a clip from the movie, this was his response. Uh, that's a scene from Jesus Revolution. Tell us about it. It's a nice movie. Yeah, it looks beautiful. Really I sweet. mean, yeah. I, you're tearing up. I see you getting emotional. <laughs> what, are, what are you feeling? <laughs> Can I play doctor? Um, what yes, do of course. Um, I, I, I love this movie. Yeah. I really love it. When, my, when we first saw the first cut, uh, we sat down in our home and, and Kate saw it. She said, oh, my God, it's the best thing I've ever done. She started crying. <laughs> but uh, he's, uh, he's a man looking for his own faith and finds it as well. Uh, a man whose church is empty and he can't get uh, traction. And he's starting to think he's going to be fired from his job as a pastor. And uh, uh, this hippie comes into his life. And he found a new purpose and uh, started a movement that is still still going. So I mean, it's extraordinary. Story. Yeah, it's a true story. You're Chuck Smith, Chuck Smith is uh, the guy I played. He died in uh, 2014, I think. But uh, the number of people who came up uh, and said, oh, you're playing Chuck Smith. Oh, I, I listen to him all the time. Or, uh, and they say, uh, He's, uh, he, ma- he married us. Or uh, I was baptized by Chuck Smith. Uh, you can yeah. see this light in their eyes. I think that this movie, when you go see it, you can, you'll, you'll understand why Kelsey Grammer is emotional because there's a real connection. There's a real reaching out to the, the hippies of the 60s and 70s who became Jesus freaks ultimately and um, many of whom are, are you listening. You probably have stories and you were a part of that if you're here in Southern California and it moved across the country. And, and a lot of historians, even secular historians, would say this is a, a Christian revival that happened in our, our country. There's a lot of times where there's people who say there's an outpouring of the spirit revival and then after a few weeks you don't remember anything about it. And part of that is because a real revival is going to involve the change of life. The real revival is going to have an impact that goes beyond whatever the worship service is. 
And I'm wondering, do you think this is possible in our time today? I want to be encouraging about this. What do you think? And if you've been following the Asbury Revival or those kinds of stories, you know, do you have, do you, do you view that with hope? Do you view it with skepticism? Do you, you view it, you know, in some, some other way? 888-528-2557 is the phone number. If you want to join our conversation at Southern California Live, you can call right now, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. You know, I think, and I've been thinking about this because the the, the Asbury Revival, I've watched it carefully, and it is, it's completely exciting to see young people um, I don't know at what age you get to a place where you start calling people young people. There's always people younger than you except when you were first born and no one else has been born yet, right? There, there's always somebody younger than you. Um, there is a point, obviously, where people start to call you sir or madam, right, or ma'am, <laughs> and that sort of hits you funny. And uh, But I think there's another point where you just – you start to look at younger generations with more of a – I don't know, parental concern, if that makes sense. You know, where you, <laughs> I, I went, I went to a, uh, I got to open up uh, and sort of welcome people to a, at a concert for a, a very popular Christian band. And I got to be backstage with them and I'm talking with them. And the funny thing that crossed my mind is that I think 15 or 20 years ago, it would have been just really cool to be hanging out with them. And I would have, you know, you know, I'd just been excited to be with these guys but now I'm just like looking at them going, you guys are so young. Do you have the first clue what you're getting into? It's, there's, there's something that changes in you, right, when you get a little bit. And that's good. I think that's a really, really good thing, by the way. Um, when you – wherever you're at, if you're a young person or middle-aged, older person, however you want to define that, you know, what do you think? Is, is it possible that we're about to have a different kind of res, revol, revolution like the Jesus Revolution, a revival? You know, when people look back on the Jesus Revolution, the reason there's a movie being made, this movie, by the way, and I'll probably talk about it more this week and certainly next week to get your thoughts on it. It's well done. Okay. It's super, super well done. Can I just be really transparent for, you know, with you, you know, Christian audience, let's be just truthful here. Sometimes Christian stuff is not well done. It's, you know, sometimes you, you, it's it's good for Christians, right? Because you're going and you might be encouraged by the message and it's great for you if you already know Jesus and you're you're solid and you're like, yeah, you know, I appreciate what you did and the hard work that you put together with that. Uh, but you wouldn't invite your non-Christian friend to it. No way. You'd be embarrassed, right? Okay, so this is not what this movie is. This movie, it's put up by Lionsgate, okay? Major Hollywood production company and lots of promotions. So you're seeing a lot of ads and everything and it's well done. It's It's very well done and it, it doesn't shy away from some of the the controversies that were a part of the Jesus movement. I think that's good. It doesn't get into the the heavier things. I mean, there's there's interesting things, right? When you try to deal with suffering and pain, and when you're dealing with the real issues of humanity, when you're dealing with drug use and you're dealing with you know uh, sexual behaviors and things like that, if you're going to make a movie about it, how far can you go with all of that without getting an R rating? You're probably, you know, unless you're Mel Gibson with uh, Passion of the Christ, I think that got an R rating, but it's because it was so violent, really showing that what the crucifixion was likely about. You know, it, it's a hard thing. So, But they get into some of it. I think it's really good, and I think that some of the characters in the real-life story, you know, it's a Hollywood movie, and they change some details here and there, and that's that you have to do that to tell a story properly. Um, and if you go 
visit uh, you know, the movie. A big part of the movie is the life of Greg Laurie, who's a pastor on our station, pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship, and um, does the Harvest Crusades. You know, it's about his life in a lot of ways, and he'll be really honest about all the different things that are a part of that movie, or how the movie touched on it, or maybe where things are different, uh, things that happen to other characters in the movie. It's all out there. There's no secrets. Uh, I thought they did a good job with all of that, but you know, we. I think you leave that movie going, they reached out to these hippies, and there was revival. There was life change. Not in everybody. You know, some hippies, they got out of the hippie movement, and they were anti-capitalism and anti-business and anti-this and that. And the interesting part historically is they stopped being hippies, and they cut their hair, and they went to Merrill Lynch, got a job there, and made a million dollars, right? But some people, um, they might have done that, or they had other careers. They, They got saved, and they're walking with Christ today, and that might be you. That is something that should be the measure of what's happening in a movement of God, is what happens over time? What happens to people who are participating in it? Uh, all these people who are coming to this town, Asbury, and singing all that, it's exciting, it's fun. I'm really grateful. Um, I've got a couple of friends who went. I'm really grateful that they shied away from the, a lot of publicity, right? There's there's famous worship leaders and pastors who wanted to, you know, go and be a part of it. And they said, no, you can come and sit in the audience, but you're not going to be a part of it. We're going to keep the celebrity out. Uh, and there are some people out there who, you know, they're there and they're they're not really good representatives of the faith because uh, I would say they're just false teachers, some of them who were sitting there. And they were the, – the school is pretty good at, at keeping those guys at bay too. You know, it's hard in the world of social media, right, where you take a picture of yourself. And, and some people want to take these moments and just use them for themselves. Um, I think that we have an opportunity for revival, something in our country that we haven't seen for a long time. And I'm hoping that what we're seeing at Asbury is a reflection of that long term. I'm hoping that things in this Jesus movie, where the way that this church went out and said, we're going to minister to people who we have otherwise shut the door on. We're going to invite them in. And that's hard because even in the movie, it touches on some people who were in that church who didn't like it. And you know what? I'll tell you what, that's the way it is in in all of our churches. Sometimes we're not interested in bringing people to Christ unless they want to become like us. Like we're not really making disciples of Jesus. We want to make disciples of ourselves. That's a big question. I think for, for Christians, this film is going to cause us to really ask questions of ourselves. Am I interested in discipleship at all, number one? And secondly, am I interested in making disciples of Jesus or disciples of me and the way I do church and my doctrines and my traditions and my beliefs, those kinds of things. And in order for the church to reach out, I think at any time, to the next generation, we've got to let go of a lot of stuff that's really just about us. And that's hard. It's hard for pastors. It's hard for a lot of us. And it's always been the thing. Did you know You know, music is a, was a big part of the Jesus Revolution and why people, often many churches, rejected it? Because suddenly, instead of piano and organ, it was drums and a guitar and uh, modern music. Um, But that's always been a problem. When you go back and you study church music, you can go back and study fighting in church music for 400 years. Different fights at different times. Did you know that piano was not allowed in church for a long time? And the reason that people didn't want the piano in church is because the piano was the instrument of the saloons. And if you bring the piano in here and you start singing the Jesus words to those drinking songs, you might bring in some people who aren't saved, and we can't have that. 
And that was kind of the attitude. That's, that's why uh, your church might have used to have a Sunday night service. You, Sunday night services are back. Lots of churches have Sunday night services or they have Saturday night services now, but they disappeared for a while. And it's because it became about something else, but they, they weren't always there. And what started to happen in the early part of the 20th century is lots of churches had their regular worship services in the morning, but they weren't reaching younger people. They weren't reaching people who weren't saved very well. And pastors and churches said, well, why don't we bring in a piano and start uh, uh, a new service? And some people said, no, you can't have that. So then they started doing it at night. They said, well, we're not doing anything in the building at night. Why don't we start Sunday night service? And they brought in the piano. And lo and behold, lots of people started coming and singing songs to tunes that they understood. And suddenly there was Sunday night service. At some point, it changed. I don't know if you ever heard this before. It's an old saying. And you're listening, by the way, to Southern California Live. You can join our conversation by calling 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. The old saying, I said this last night because I knew that lots of people would understand it. The old saying was this. In fact, in my church growing up, we had a we had Sunday morning services. Usually there were two services. And then there was a Sunday night service. And the Sunday night service was a different service, right? It was a different sermon altogether. It was a completely different um, sermon series. It was a completely different uh, uh, thing. So my dad's a pastor, and I remember he would do. He still does this, by the way. I think no, I think they might have moved on. I got to ask him. They still do their <laughs> their Sunday night service differently. You know, if your church has one, it's probably the same thing as in the morning, or maybe you do it on on Saturday night. Now, it used to be a completely different thing. So dad would be doing sermons on Saturday, and he'd be doing a whole other sermon Sunday afternoon to get ready for Sunday night. So we we never had dad in the weekends. Uh, that's not entirely true. But Dad was there for soccer games and different things that we did, but he was always busy and uh, doing that. The old, and then he had Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, that's coming back in in some ways. That kind of went away for small groups for a lot of places, and and now there's some movement for a different kind of uh, gathering midweek. Anyway, the old saying used to be: if you like your church, if you love your church, you go to that church on Sunday morning. If you love your pastor, you go on Sunday night. And if you love Jesus, you also go on Wednesday, right? There was this this, <laughs> this pressure to always show up to everything. Um, and it had more to do with sort of keeping the doors open to the church and being seen as somebody who is walking with Jesus because you're attending things. Because And there's pressure to always, always be there. And you really had to ask yourself, why am I here? Am I here because I'm growing in my faith, or am I here because this is what we do at our church, and really I don't want to be here, but if I'm not here, people might think something bad of me. And it got pretty much out of control. That's, and when that starts to happen, like if, if your church, if you hear people saying that's not the way we do it here, you really got to question that. You really have to – because things always change. And if you don't change, if you're not taking a look at what the society looks like, uh, you're not going to reach them. So this is my question with revival, with what we're seeing, is are we able to reach the next generation? Here's the encouragement part. There's a there's a survey out there, you know, all these Pew Research and other groups that do surveys, and they do this kind of research. Oftentimes, they get their numbers from the University of Chicago has something called the General Social Survey, and they're just constantly surveying Lots of things, and then researchers take those numbers and bring them together, and that's how you get a lot of numbers. And it's all all the companies use that. And this is what it says. And this is uh, this is two years old, but I think it's about the same. Today, 
It's the highest level of attendance for young adults in church since 1972. That's what the actual numbers say. Now, there's a whole lot of young adults who are saying they're not Christian, a much bigger number saying that now today. All right, but if you're talking about church attendance and people who are actually uh, engaged with a biblical worldview, it's better today than 50 years. See, our, our doom and gloom on this subject is misplaced. It's something that's happening. There is something happening in our society today. You know, what's actually becoming clearer in our culture today is what is a Christian and what is not a Christian. Um, A little under 65% today identify as Christian. That's down from 85% in 1990. Meaning if if a survey person calls you and they say, what are you? You would say Christian. 85% of Americans would say Christian in 1990. Today it's, it's... moving down, it's, they think in a few years it's going to be under 50%. But look, but ask yourself this question. In 1990, if you were around, really was 85% of the country Christian, like actually Christian, like saved, okay, like actually believers in Jesus Christ and they're going to get saved. Or in 2020, 65, or if it's only 55, is that number really true? I don't think that's true. I would I hope it's true but I don't I don't think so. I think what's happening is not that fewer people are actually devout Christians today. What's happening is that the nominal Christian is dying out. That the person who just claims to be a Christian but they really never go and they don't really believe it's just kind of part of what they do. Um they're feeling like well why should why should I do this? We we saw this escalate during the COVID shutdowns. People, you know, the church is shut down and whether your church was shut down for a few weeks or for a few months a lot of people didn't come back at all. And some people just moved to other churches. And, you know, if your church was closed, people went to the church that was open. And sometimes they stayed there. And lots of people, though, about 20 or 30 percent, depending on the survey you look at, they just decided I'm done with church. And the truth is, is that they weren't really into it anyway. And the COVID gave them a time, uh, the shutdowns gave them a time to think about it. But this is something that should not be something that you look at as discouraging because it's actually more truthful. If we're going to be effective in making disciples for Jesus, if we want to love the people that God has placed in our life and represent Christ to them, we need to know whether they believe in Christ or not in the first place. And if they're going to church with us and they're there every Sunday, well, we might assume that they're believers. But if they drop out and then they say, ah, I'm, I'm not going anymore, well, now you have a better understanding of where they are. It's actually more truthful. i got to take a break. If you want to join our conversation, the number is 888-528-2557. When we come back, we'll continue this conversation, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile last night, a couple of thoughts that I have about that. This is Southern California Live. I'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you. It is good to be with you today. The number is 888-528-2557. We're talking about revival, and do you believe this is possible? And the Asbury Revival, you've probably seen that maybe on the news now, and you've heard that maybe if you listen to Christian radio or you're paying attention to some of what's going on. It's an interesting thing that's happened at Asbury University. A lot of people have questions about revival. What makes it a revival 
you know, the name of it probably doesn't matter at all long term. What matters is what is the result? Are people coming to Christ? Are people growing in their faith as a result of it? Jesus Revolution movie comes out this week. I think it's going to have an impact. I think a lot of people are going to see it. I think a lot of non-Christians are going to see it. I think this is a movie you can take your friends to and feel like you're not going to be embarrassed by the quality of it, by the acting. You know, it's not cheesy. Um, You know, there's parts of it that are church stuff. You know, you're going to explain that. But it also has sides to it that are dark because that was part of what lots of people were dealing with. And uh, I think that's important. What are your thoughts about revival? Are you... Uh, do you feel cynical about stuff like this? Are you excited about stuff like this? What do you hope for? 888-528-2557. Todd in Costa Mesa. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hello? Hi, Todd. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I just, you know, I heard you talking about Calvary Chapel. Yeah. Uh, when you're talking about the, uh, uh, the, the, the Chuck Smith story That's and right. stuff like that. I actually started going first when I was like 16 uh, to that church. Okay, and what year was that about? About 69. Okay. And then were you a part of it and after the, uh, the uh, Jesus Revolution was beginning? It wasn't called that, of course, at the time. But the revival yeah, it was called the Jesus Freak movement, uh, the Jesus Freak movement, right? And, and uh, so uh, it was actually in a circus tent across the street from where Calvary Chapel is now, where South Coast Plaza is. Okay, and it was in a big circus tent. Yeah. And help move the circus tent across the street because they were starting to build up South Coast Plaza. And uh, these two uh, kids from down the street from us uh, were trying to get everybody to go. And uh, so I went, and uh, Chuck Smith actually baptized me there. Ah, cool. And and then uh, it wasn't, you know, baptism by immersion. It was just like a sprinkling. Okay. And, uh, did you, was, um, uh, Todd, did you, um, you got saved there? You know, when you think about that time in your life and then you look at the world today, is that kind of uh, experience possible in our new generation? It's not only possible, it's necessary. Mm. It is necessary. I agree with that. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but these, these two kids, they used to be the biggest drug dealers around. If you wanted really good drugs, you went to them and then they became Jesus freaks and started turning in everybody who wasn't going to, uh, that church. Huh? And, And, uh, when I found my name on their hit list, uh, it's, uh, uh, I stopped going because I thought, you know, if this is what it's like to be a Christian is, uh, you know, you know, you start turning in all your friends that you used to sell drugs to, mm. it, I didn't want anything to do with yeah. it. So, so I, 
stopped going forever, and I didn't start going back to church until like 94. Oh, wow. Okay. So you had an experience where uh, you went, and it was good for a while, but then uh, you must have been uh, on their hit list for a reason, right? So there was something that was going on. Uh, yeah, because I wasn't going all the time. I, I and, see. Uh, yeah, because... I mean, they wanted everybody to go, like, every day and, you know, and twice on Sunday and stuff like that. Sure. And, you know, it was like, you know, this is, like, so phony baloney. And I've heard, you know, the Jim Jones story and yeah. uh, Jim and Tammy Baker and uh, Jimmy Swaggered. And those things were discouraging to you in your faith. Oh yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah. Now you and you said so, you you came back to church in '94. Are you in church now? Yes, I'm still going to the same church. Actually, uh, it was founded in 1988 uh-huh. in a little frame building, yeah, in Costa Mesa, and we outgrew that. Yeah. Well, Todd. I, I appreciate I want to go into another call, but I, I appreciate your story, Todd. Thanks for calling. And uh, Sharon, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. I'm talking about revival. What are your thoughts about it and what we're seeing at Asbury University, maybe uh, what people are going to watch and reflect on in the Jesus movie film that's coming out? Is that possible for today? What do you think? 888-528-2557. Rudy and Brea, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, hi, Rudy. Hi. Um, I'm a product of uh, Calvary Chapel. I went to uh, Gold, Calvary Chapel Golden Springs um, since I was uh, in elementary school and uh, went to a Christian university. And I think um, the question you pose, is a revival possible? I think it's possible, but... Um, I think at this point, I don't see the trend going that way. Mm. Um, I, th- I see a lot of folks um, leaving the church. Yeah. I see a lot of young people leaving the church. Um, I think uh, there's also America is changing, where whereas it used to be mainstream, I think um, there's different cultures and different religions in, in this country now. So Christianity isn't exactly on you know, the main stage anymore. Yeah, we talked about earlier, the statistics are interesting because, um, you know, today, soon Christianity will be the minority of what people say they are in the United States. Um, However, I think that uh, what the numbers are also showing that about the same number of people are going to church, just that most of the people who said they were Christians before, who maybe weren't really Christian, but just felt pressure to check that box, they no longer feel that pressure, that in fact, a lot of them are checking no box. Uh, they're called religious nuns, right? Not not like Catholic nuns, but N-O-N-E-S. They don't have a religion, which is probably more truthful for where they were before, I would say. Now, where where are you at, Rudy, with uh, with all of this? Um, I used to be, um, uh, you know, very Christian, you know, and um, I think uh, when I was about uh, 19 is when I left the church. I was, uh, and a lot of people will kind of dismiss it as, oh, he was hurt by the, by somebody in the church or 
he was taught something wrong or I was, you know, Mm -hmm. I went to a Christian university and, you know, even though it was a Christian university, many conservative Christians um, believed that that university was uh, too liberal, even though by any other standard it was very conservative, (laughs) Okay, you know. But it was hard to, I guess, so to, um, anyways, a lot of people will dismiss it as that, but really it was just, um, I just didn't find it believable anymore. I didn't, it didn't sound, it didn't make any sense to me. So you'd, and, say, uh, you'd say you're not a Christian today? Oh, no, no. And I used to, and as, after I left the church, I was very against the church. Hmm. And today I'm less against the church, I'm, I think... Some people, it helps them. Um, some people, you know, they'll say that they left drugs or something like that because of it, and yeah. I'm, I'm all for that now. Um, but um, what do you, I, I kind of respect other people's uh, decisions to follow whatever religion. I'm yeah. sorry, what? What do you think about Jesus? I mean, not the church and, and maybe your experience with the church, you know, aside. You know, did Jesus rise from the grave? Is he the Savior, or do you feel like that story isn't accurate? Um, I think the way the Christians put I think the, he was a person. I, I think there's lots of uh, accounts of Jesus, not just from Christian perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think, the, I think the followers of Jesus, um, you know, they were people too. So they, when they're writing the letters or they're forming the church, Peter and Paul, for example, had lots of differences in their theology, and it wasn't until, you know, the church got together that they even made a Bible centuries later. And um, and even then, they invited all the all the heads of the church, and only a portion of the churches came. And, uh, you know, and now, uh, now there's, I mean, if you, if you look at the oldest uh, communities that are still practicing Christianity— I think you get kind of like a better picture of what Christianity actually used to look like. Now it's like turned into this weird, um, like it kind of just suits whatever lifestyle you'd like to live. And in America, it's almost like a pro-America, like God loves Americans more than God loves, you know, other folks. Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, Rudy, I, I appreciate uh, you calling. I'm really glad that you listened to the show. If I could encourage you is to... You know, take a look at some of those things, you know, like a lot of what you said about the Bible. We know that that's not—those meetings didn't happen that way. The Bible was passed around in the first century almost entirely together, and uh, there's a lot of evidence for that. There are people who say stuff, you know. Well, I'm, but, I'm saying there's different Bibles even in circulation today. The Catholic Church uses different Bibles than— they have uh, extra books called the Apocrypha in their book. But what I'm, what I'm saying to you is things like that, there's, there's very reasonable explanations for those things. But at the end of the day, really focus on if Jesus was who he said he was. And I would, I would challenge you to do that because I understand how the church gets in its own way uh, a lot of the time. Well, and I know you're depressed on time, but I know, these, the, I know whoever wrote about Jesus, I don't know if um, that's what Jesus said. I just know what other people said. You know, yeah. that's what he said. And yep. even then, there's lots of religious zealots that they say that they're the this or that. I'm like, I don't, I don't believe everybody just because they believe very sincerely, you know? Yeah, I understand that. Uh, I am going to go to a break, but Rudy, uh, I'm going to pray for you, and, and I want you to investigate those writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and what they wrote about oh, and I, the time frame that they wrote it. 
and I think that you're okay. going to find they're very reliable. Uh, and I, I I don't doubt that they're reliable. I don't. Yeah. All right. To some degree, but yeah. Okay, Rudy. Anyways, Rudy. Thank for, yeah, thank re- you for taking my call. You're welcome, Rudy. I really appreciate you calling. Rethink Jesus. You know that's the that's something else that is true about Christianity. If Jesus did not rise from the grave, then then Rudy, you're right. It doesn't matter. He's just another guy. He was just another religious teacher, and uh, he's dead somewhere. But if he did rise from the grave, then he's not. Then and then he is more than just a great teacher. He really is the savior, and that gets that gets clouded up with a lot of things that uh, churches have done uh, or Christians have done. But also a thing about uh, Christians is the Bible never says Christians are perfect. In fact, uh, something you learn about God when you read the scriptures is he uses a lot of very imperfect people, and that is grace. And he has grace for you and me and everybody else. It's why we all come to faith the same way. I do have to take a break. The number is 888-528-2557. Talking about revival, and we'll take your calls as soon as we get back. This is Southern California Live. Scott Furrow will be back as the Tuesday edition continues. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow, Tuesday afternoon. The number is 888-528-2557. We're talking about revival. Is this possible? This is one of the things I want to to think about, too. We've got the Jesus Revolution movie coming out. We've got the Asbury revival that they're, they're closing it down uh, to the public because thousands of people have been coming from all over the place, and it's a tiny town. And uh, also, kids aren't going to school. Like, at what point do you go to the revival so you don't have to take a test? It's probably somebody, right? <laughs> That doesn't mean it's not a real thing. doesn't mean God's not doing anything, right? But, but uh, I know what people do. But, uh, you know, if God is doing something in our country, whether it's this revival at Asbury University or whatever you want to call it, or if people are going to respond, say, to this Jesus Revolution movie, there's things in it. There's things in it, and we'll talk about it as you come to see it. I don't want to spoil it for you. There are things in it that if churches would do that today or find a way to do that today, we might see the same kind of revival that uh, so many people experienced in the 60s and 70s uh, in what became known as the Jesus Revolution. 888-528-2557. Terry and Bob in Los Angeles. Terry and Bob, you with me? Yeah, thanks for taking the call. Yeah. Are you Terry or Bob? This is Bob. Yeah, I'm driving and my wife is holding the phone. So I'm not going to crash. Don't worry, anybody. Oh, <laughs> that's what we all say uh, when we're uh, doing that, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I'm a pastor now, but uh, in 1979, um, for my 18th birthday, a couple of buddies uh, from high school uh, wanted to take me to a concert. Didn't tell me where it was. Ended up, uh, we, we pulled up to uh, Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, and I still didn't put two to two together that, that the concert, why were we at a church? Um, so they kind of really, you know, tricked me into it, but uh-huh. I'm thankful. Um, but uh, I remember just the atmosphere, even people waiting at the door, um, and and my crowd, we, uh, you know, for fun, there had to be drugs or alcohol involved. And there was none of that, but these people genuinely loved each other. And I, I remember even before the doors opened that uh, I wanted to be a part of this. And uh, that night a, a band played, and it was my first experience that you could listen to good music and um, 
and it was about it was about Jesus. Hmm. And uh, now, what I would describe is just the, the presence of the Holy Spirit that I had not experienced before. And so that really um, started the tra- trajectory of my, of my life. Um, yeah. And are, are you going to watch this movie coming out? Yeah, we're trying to get into it uh, tomorrow night, but uh, the theater's full. So yeah, we'll... there's a special showing tomorrow night, and uh, if you can get in at a theater near you, uh, check it out called Jesus Revolution. But it comes out Friday, otherwise. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. so you'll be able to see it. Uh, yeah, check it out. What would be the, you know, today, if you think about it today, you said you're a pastor. Yeah. What would it look like today for this kind of revolution? We're in a similar place, right? It's not exactly hippies, but there is I, I a so. there's a culture of young people who are looking for something. And uh, I, I think providing uh, a, a safe place, I appreciated uh, your response to uh, the last caller. Um that uh, being non-judgmental, but uh, having a place of grace and truth, um, we're doing a we're doing a, a church on the beach on Sunday mornings, and it's really um, wanting to be hospitable to whoever would would wander by. Yeah. Well, of uh, that the people, and you know, this, this is nothing new. This is ancient, but. Um, providing a, a safe place, um, and um, but being unapologetic also of, of the truth of, of who Jesus is. The big piece uh, is being able to reach out and love people where they are, and yeah. uh, that's that's difficult. And it's it's a difficult time this year, but it's it's necessary, right? The scriptures yeah. tell us very clearly. Somebody else said that. Another caller. It's necessary. The scriptures tell us very very clearly that people will know we are Christian by our love. You know, it doesn't say because we go to church. It doesn't say because we carry a Bible. It doesn't say because, you know, we have a, you know, a Jesus fish in our car or whatever. It's because we love them. And we've really got to ask what that means, um, practically speaking, in the same way. Terry, uh, are are you Bob? You're Bob. Bob, uh, thanks for uh, not getting a wreck while you called and for calling. And Terry, thank you for holding on to the phone. All right, God bless you, man. God, God bless you. All right, uh, Robert in Laguna Niguel. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I got saved in uh, 71 where two kids from uh, a local uh, high school, they didn't know me, but they had the, the love and the, the courage to invite me across the street when I was uh, with another buddy coming from a baseball tournament and share the Lord with me. And uh, the parents, center fielder of our team, uh, heard that I accept the Lord, and they asked me to go to a church in Costa Mesa with them on Sunday night. And so I went, and the pastor had hair, and, and he was going through the uh, Gospel of John. And it was, Scott, it was like the Emmaus Road experience for me. It was like Chuck was going through the, uh, the Word, and my heart was burning within me, and it was just fabulous. I'd go to um, the Maranatha concerts, and literally there'd be none sitting in the front row. I would be back towards the back. I'd have my arm around one guy with uh, long hair, no shoes, and the other gentleman uh, was probably 60 years old or so. We were all singing, praising God, and uh, 
51 years later, the Lord is, he's just awesome. He's amazing. Yeah, Robert, I appreciate that story. And you know something, Robert, uh, that I really want people to hear. You, you went to church because your friends took you, young people friends, people in your, right. in your relational world. Right. Uh, you didn't go because you saw an advertisement or, you know, we got something in the mail. You went to church and eventually got saved because your friends invested in you. They did. Yeah. And, and their parents, and uh, they had they had the love for that. And now, praise God, my grandkids are going to youth group. They go to church. They go to church camp. And more than that even, Scott, is they know the Lord loves them, and they love them back. Yeah. Robert, thank you so much for calling uh, Southern California Live. God bless you, and thanks for that. I want you to listen to this, though. As, we, as we're hearing these stories, people, and this has been true since the beginning of the church, almost everybody listening to this story, if you're a Christian to this station right now, almost all of you, you're saved because somebody in your life told you about Jesus. It's apparent, it's friends, and that's a big part of this Jesus revolution or revival. That's a big part of what could be happening right now in Asbury or other places is friends and people are bringing people, and this is how God does it. It's part of discipleship. Uh, Denise in Inglewood, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Scott. Uh, Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I love this topic um, because this is where my heart is. Unlike a lot of the callers, I got saved in the 70s, too, which was called the Jesus Movement, so I'm hearing. Yeah. It was a high-impact time, you know. That's the foundation that I have. I've never left it, although now I attend a non-denominational church. But my foundation, it never left me because of the exposure that I had and because I experienced the Holy Spirit for myself. Now, um, somebody that I didn't know invited me to their church. They said they sold me on the church. They said a lot of young people and people getting saved off the the street and gangbangers are coming and so on and so on. And so my mom at the time was very interested in getting me around the right crowd. She was very overbearing, very strict. But when I found my home at the Pentecostal church. Um, I First thing I did was get up and accept the Lord, and I eventually was baptized in the Holy Spirit and got baptized in water, water baptism, and joined the choir, and it became my life. Those people became my friends. In fact, those are the best friends that I have still yeah, today, I'm, and that was over I'm, 30 years ago. That's a great story, Denise. I'm, I'm, I'm out of time. I have to sign off here in a second. Okay. I got a heartbreak. Denise, thanks for calling and telling that story. You know, friends, revival, it is possible. We're going to keep talking about this because I think that, um, you know, over this week because of this movie coming out and other things, you are meant to show your light to the people in your life. Jesus tells you that Sermon on the Mount. We'll talk about that more again, too, also. But Hour 2 of Southern California Live is coming up in just a moment. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.